All right. I always love our con. We haven't talked in a long time. Author, columnist, writer extraordinaire, Christian Snyder, also lover of music, and currently doing a great project on the history of SNL, and I think they're in year five. Christian Snyder joining us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Good morning, Christian Snyder. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Before we get to the uh, the serious stuff, and, and we'll, we'll do both serious and, and fun, uh, a book, you it's National Read a Book Day, a book that you remember from your childhood. You, you had to have been an avid reader. Uh, I, I've read plenty. I wasn't a big book reader. My, my parents basically told me just read anything, no matter what it is. So I spent a lot of time reading, uh, like Sports Illustrated and things <laughs> yeah. like that. Hey, that's great encouragement. Yeah. Read something that you're interested in means you will keep reading. Exactly. I mean, it, regardless of how, you know, low content it was, they said, we don't care what you read, just read. But in terms of like childhood books, I always poured over the far side, uh, cartoon books. <laughs> I love the far side more than anything to the to to the extent that I actually got my kids a far side uh, calendar. And just yesterday, there's one that came up. That's hilarious. It's two pilots flying a, a, a an airplane. And it's one of them says the fuel lights on Frank. We're all going to die. Oh, wait, wait, my mistake. That's just the intercom light. <laughs> 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 my favorite is the Medvale School of the Gifted, where it's showing the kid in the striped shirt pushing on the door that says pull. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I picture you as a Mad Magazine guy, Christian. Am I right on that? Yeah, I definitely read yeah. some, some Mad Magazine. Back we all day, did, man. Was that was the best. All right, so I want to get to the serious stuff, and uh, we can have some fun, too, with the SNL things that you did great work on, uh, a show that I've watched from the beginning. And I, I just read a piece by Charlie Sykes on Bulwark, uh, Bulwark Morning Shots, and it's, it's all about this story that's really gaining momentum in Wisconsin. I have my thoughts on it, but I want to get your take. States Republicans, GOP in the state, considering basically cutting off, kneecapping the newly elected justice, liberal justice, to circumvent any possibility that some of these big cases that the justices in our, in our court will hear I'm curious where you fall on this. And this, un, I think, unprecedented, I think it's happened once and, and nothing happened in the state's history. Like, where do you fall on this? Well, yeah, an impeachment of a state justice has happened once, but not not for the reasons that are being threatened here. Um, you know, you, you talk about learning things as a kid, and as a kid you learn separation of powers and the three branches of government and all that. But... If this were to go through, the state assembly would essentially just be in control of the state uh, Supreme Court. I mean, what if you're allowed to just impeach uh, Supreme Court justices anytime a case comes up that you don't like and take take them out of the out of the running, then the Supreme Court is essentially just you know operating at the whim of, of the state assembly. And so in this case, you have you know a gerrymandering case where, Janet Prosewicz, when she was running, said, called the state maps rigged, and um, you know that's something that a Supreme Court justice candidate is not supposed to do. But the way we deal with those things, the way we adjudicate that, is through the election. If people don't want judges that prejudge certain uh, issues, then they should not vote them into office. But she, of course, did one. She beat Dan Kelly by eleven points, and. Now this kind of seems like an attempt by the assembly to undo that election when a, when a gerrymandering case comes before the for the uh, state supreme court. 
We had Spear Voss on the show last week, and he said, essentially said, paraphrasing, we're considering it. I, I argued at the time and, and since that this would be one of the most dangerous things that the GOP in the state of Wisconsin could do. And, and you and I both know that they have not had a great track record of winning in this state. What is it, 14 of 17 lost? Um, I, I think they would seriously blow up chances to win any significant race for the near future if they went to this level of essentially a takeover by the assembly of the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, this is not how things are supposed to work in the state. And, you know, they're they're kind of one of their contentions is that, well, the state Democratic Party was too involved in the election uh, just a few months ago. But, you know, a lot of the same justices at the same time, you know, just a few years ago, signed something essentially saying, you know, it doesn't matter if the state parties get involved. Um, That was back when they were winning all the (laughs) all, all the seats. And now that they they're in the minority, they've they've completely changed their tune. So, yeah, it's it's hypocrisy all around, and it would significantly change, uh, you know, our our democracy, the way things uh, are supposed to work. I mean, any any time a, a case came before the the court, uh, the assembly could just impeach a couple justices and and get the outcome that they want. I mean, it's a little more complicated than that. I mean. Uh, the state Senate would have to agree not to bring it up because there's this weird rule that once they're impeached by the assembly, just by a, a bare majority vote, then they're not able to serve. And so they would just, uh, you know, kind of be in a state of limbo. They're literally uh, benched. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just weird all around. And it would just be it, it would be a disaster for governance in the state. Hey, we'll take a break. Here. We'll continue the conversation after this. Joined by author and columnist Christian Snyder and WTMJ now. Thanks for tuning in to WTMJ Now. We are joined by author and columnist Christian Snyder, also the one of the co-hosts of the great new podcast, Wasn't That Special, 50 Years of SNL, and, and we'll get to that in a second. But I, I want to ask you one more question, Christian, of, of the political nature. For so long, I've been arguing that the Trump effect reaches everywhere. Its tentacles are on everything, including this conversation about the Wisconsin Supreme Court, I think. But my frustration as a Republican is... I don't understand. I just looked at the new polling, 52%, 18% for DeSantis, 52% for Trump. It's None of this is pushing Trump aside and giving Republicans a candidate that I feel we could actually vote for, I could vote for. Where are you on that? Yeah, I mean, there was a Wall Street Journal poll over the, uh, over the weekend that showed Trump and Biden essentially tied at 46% apiece. And 48% of Republican primary voters are actually more likely to vote for Trump now because of all the, the criminal charges against him. So um, he's just gaining popularity. He's, he's effectively making the case that this is all, um, you know, an attempt to keep him from being president. And, you know, the troops are rallying around him for, for whatever reason. I, I'm just astounded by this every day. And, you, you know, I didn't think at this point in 2023 and certainly not in 2024 that I'd be talking about this in this way. But this is a this is a former president who probably at this moment, again, like lots, lots of things can happen, will be the Republican nominee. And we'll be talking about him in the sense of a one man against one man race, Biden, Trump, redo. Um, it just boggles my mind that that's that's the political landscape I don't understand the fascination with this individual. I don't understand um, why he has a stranglehold on so many people. Those are my my terms. 
And it, it's, it's frustrating as hell. And I talked to a lot of conservatives out there, good, decent, honest people who voted for Trump twice and said, you know what, I don't want to do it again, but here we are. Yeah, it's uh, it's the race that nobody wants to see. I think what seventy percent <laughs> right. of people don't want to yeah. don't want these two to run again, and uh, that's what we're going to end up with. And you know, the, the hidden story here is that Biden is so bad that he is actually tied with a guy facing ninety-one felony counts. So that's fair. Uh, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. All right, so I mentioned we only got a couple of minutes, but you, you're I love this project. <laughs> Wasn't that special? Fifty years of SNL. Where are you at now? Season five. Yeah, we just finished the first five seasons, uh, which, of course, are the original cast. Yes. Now we're on to season six, uh, which, spoiler alert, is not that great, even though uh, the new cast involves uh, Anne Risley, who's actually a Wisconsinite, oh. um, but she's not going to be around for, for long. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, we found a lot of surprising things. One of the, one of the things that we wanted to do is to kind of dispel myths about everybody kind of has this vague notion of the the first five seasons and the original cast. So we wanted to go through sketch by sketch and uh, figure out what actually really happened. And one of the surprising things that we found is the role of John Belushi on the show, which is interesting because Rolling Stone a few years ago put John Belushi as the number one uh, SNL cast member of all time. But when you watch these shows, there's no way you could come to that conclusion because mm. he's often missing for five, six shows at a time. You know, he's he's dealing with his drug problems at the time. He's got a one or two great characters. He's got the, the cheeseburger, cheeseburger guy, and he's got the samurai. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he's he's probably the fourth or fifth best cast member on the original cast. <laughs> so um, to this point, who's your favorite? Um, my favorite, it's probably gotta be, I mean, halfway through the second series, Bill Murray really kind of takes over the show. Yeah. I would have said Gilda Um, Radner. Gilda is, yeah, Gilda's definitely there too. She's, uh, my feeling on Gilda is that not all the sketches she is are fantastic, but she is fantastic in every sketch that she's in. It's, uh, whether it's a. Whether it's a great sketch or not, she's always amazing. Wasn't that special 50 years of SNL? If folks want to subscribe to that podcast, where do they go? Go to wasn'tthatspecial.com. Easy. Or uh, if you're on Twitter or X or whatever it is now, you can go to 50 years of SNL. I love it. Find us there. And we hope to have more frequent conversations with you. I know we've been kind of juggling our schedules, but uh, always appreciate your wisdom and your writing. Christian Snyder, author and columnist. We'll do it again in a couple weeks. Yeah, thanks for having me.